in the 1950s, South Africa began one of the most extreme experiments in racial separation the world had ever seen. As the repression grew worse, Nelson Mandela and his comrades decided they must use new tactics to break the white domination of the country. Here is part two of Mandela, an audio history. Prime Minister Dr. H.F. Verbult and Mrs. Verbult arrived for the Republic Festival Parade at the Voortrekker Monument. Hendrik Verbult was generally regarded as the chief architect of this grand apartheid policy. It was his idea in the late 50s to separate the country into a white nation and a series of independent states for the various black tribes. My friends, this republic is part of the white man's domain in the world. When Dr. Favud took over, there's no doubt there was a change. And he was an extremely impressive speaker, I must tell you. In fact, you used to listen to him speaking for three hours without a note adding one thing after the other, and you sat there nodding your head like a zombie until it suddenly occurred to you it's all based on a false premise. Our policy is one which is called by an Afrikaans word apartheid. It could much better be described as a policy of good neighborliness. He had convinced himself in a large number of well-meaning Afrikaners that there was nothing repressive about the system, It was simply separation. They had their areas and the whites had their areas. This is our only way of survival. We maintain the army, the police, the vote. And we keep it that way. Watch out, pervert. The black man will get you. Watch out, pervert. The world sings with me. The government was powerful. The government was strong. And the laws were coming far and more stringent, you know. Political activity was getting nowhere. In fact, the situation was getting worse. White South Africa and its government simply determined it would crush the struggle. And they tried. Armoured cars and armed police swooped onto the Nyanga township 10 miles from Cape Town, aided by spotting aircraft. 1,500 natives were arrested and questioned. 162 were kept in prison. There was a state of emergency in the 1960s. Thousands of people were arrested. Many were detained. The ANC had been declared illegal. So Oliver Tambo was sent out of the country. And some of the other leaders followed. Mandela, it was decided, should stay in the country. And he carried on his work underground. And one of the things he had is a beard. So it was well known in flyers, on photographs, this man with his beard. It was a very, uh, very nice little beard. And when he went underground, we thought the first thing he had to do is to shave off his beard. He wouldn't. He just refused. The only disguise he agreed to, he'd put on a cap and he'd wear overalls. 
because now and then he acted as a chauffeur. I went to see a 42-year-old African lawyer, Nelson Mandela, the most dynamic leader in South Africa today. The police were hunting for him at the time, but African nationalists had arranged for me to meet him at his hideout. He is still underground. This is Mandela's first television interview. I asked him what it was that the African really wanted. The Africans require the franchise on the basis of one man, one vote. They want political independence. Now, if Dr. Vervoort's government doesn't give you the kind of concessions that you want sometime soon, is there any likelihood of violence? There are many people who feel that it is useless and futile for us to continue talking peace and non-violence against a government whose reply is only savage attacks on an unarmed and defenseless people. And I think the time has come for us to consider whether the methods which we have applied so far are adequate. I had made a statement where I called for armed struggle. Naturally, there was a great deal of resistance from the leadership, but I believed that we were moving into that situation because the government had left us with no other alternative. The adoption of an armed struggle after a struggle that had been well known for its nonviolent and peaceful character was somewhat startling. The Gandhian concept, in our view, couldn't work in South Africa. In India, the British colonial administration could pack up and go home. But that would not happen in South Africa. There were, at the time, two or three million whites who were part of South Africa. They'd been here so long. These people were not going home. And so, in the ANC we set about creating an underground, illegal fighting force to make sure that South Africans and the world would know what's going on. Mandela then started looking for a name. What are we going to call this movement? And he suggested uh, the closer name Mkondo Wesizwe, which meant Spear of the Nation. Umkondo Wesizwe. At the end of 1961, the bombing campaign started. Its targets, power supplies, post offices, telephone booths and pass offices. Objects, not people. The aim was to shock the government into negotiating. One of their objects was to destroy the records of the passes they detest having to carry. There were explosions, many in Johannesburg, power pylons, government pass offices, they weren't just random, callous explosions that just happened to be. There had to be an understanding by the mass of the people that organized armed resistance had started. The only deaths were our own people who were careless with their explosives. As far as the government of South Africa is concerned, the breakdown of law and order in South Africa will not be tolerated under any circumstances whatsoever. We were branded terrorists by the whole Western world. I mean, they'd have nothing to do with us. Well, as somebody has said, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Kasikatali no mabespopa sizi miselinkululeko. 
Of course it would have been naive for us to think we could stand in battle against an army, air force, navy, police force, reservists of 400,000 people. But if you don't have crazy dreams, you do nothing. We don't care whether they arrest us, they touch us, we are prepared to fight for our freedom. We used to sing a song. One stick, two sticks, six sticks of dynamite will take the country the Castro way. Now, remember, Castro's campaign was a very short campaign. Within a space of two years, they had overrun Cuba. So here we were, the comrades were all singing this song, as if to say in six months' time we'd be free. Six months' time we were languishing in prison. Mandela, he had addressed a meeting in Durban. He was coming back and the police stopped them. And they asked him what was his name and he said, David. And they said, you're under arrest, Mr. Mandela. Remarkable demonstration by a crowd of several hundred outside the courthouse in Pretoria. Nelson Mandela, his wife you just saw, leader and founder of the sabotage movement Spare of the Nation and a leading member of African National Congress, accused with the others of plotting sabotage to overthrow the South African government by force. There were eight of us in the trial. And from day one of our arrest, the police trumped it into our heads, you are going to die. You're going to hang. And the first day the lawyer said, chaps, prepare for the worst. And that remained their attitude right through the trial. <coughs> Firstly, the state alleges the planned purpose thereof was to bring about chaos, disorder and turmoil in the battle to be waged against the white man in this country. They were called terrorists. We knew that there was no hope of getting an acquittal. The question was, what do we do with a trial? Our approach was one of defiance, because uh, we said, it is the government that is a criminal and that should be standing in the dock to face a trial. We are not guilty. That, the Lord, is the case for the state. When the defense case started, Mandela, he was going to be the first defense witness. And the prosecution, Dr. Utah had prepared extensively to cross-examine Mandela and break him down. And they all got a shock when our lawyers announced that Mandela will not give evidence, but he'll make a statement from the dock. The courtroom was absolutely packed. He stood up and he proceeded to deliver the speech. I have dedicated my life to this struggle of the African people. I know this sounds revolutionary to the white in this country because the majority of voters will be Africans. This makes the white man fear democracy. That was a four-hour speech. And I have thought. But that last bit where he said, these are the ideas for which I'm prepared to die. Just that last bit. I knew what he was going to say because we'd all seen the speech. Everybody had made comments about it. And I knew he was going to say, in effect, hang me if you dare to, Mr. Judge. 
But only when he said it. I have cherished the idea of a democratic and free society in which all persons will live together in harmony and with equal opportunities. It is an idea for which I hope to live for. But my Lord, if it needs be, it is an idea for which I am prepared to die. There was dead silence. Nobody said anything. Even the judge didn't know what to say. I knew it was a moment of history. He emerged then as a great leader. As you the possibility of a death sentence, of course, worried me. And uh, I remember we adjourned for lunch. It was a very hot day, and uh, a friendly African awarder asked me the question, Mandela, what do you think is going to happen to you in this case? I said to him, ah, oh, they are going to hang us. Now, I was really expecting some word of encouragement from him. And I thought he was going to say, Ah, man, you see, that can never happen. But he became serious. And then he said, uh, I think you're right, they're going to hang you. The next day, armed police massed in even greater force as Mr. Justice Devet was passing sentence. I am by no means convinced the motive of the accused were as altruistic as they wished the court to believe. When they said, stand up for your sentence, we thought, well, here it comes. I have decided not to impose the supreme penalty, which in a case like this would usually be the proper penalty for the crime. That is the only leniency I can show. The sentence in the case of all the accused will be one of life imprisonment. And um, we laughed. We turned to each other and laughed because we expected to be hanged. At the back entrance to the Pretoria court, large crowds gather to watch the accused being driven away to start their life sentences. There have been growing protests from all over the world today at the sentence of life imprisonment passed in South Africa on Friday on this man, Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela did become the symbol of the struggle for liberation in South Africa. People could identify with Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela the lawyer, Nelson Mandela the hero, Nelson Mandela the handsome man. But it was the response to his Ravonia trial speech, called throughout the world the I am prepared to die speech, which kind of somersaulted him and the African National Congress and the need to put an end to apartheid into the world consciousness. As we're being flown uh, to Robin Island, one tried to do accept the reality that we may in fact spend years in prison. But we believed 
very strongly that we would not die in jail. We would return. But uh, we stayed there for 27 years. <laughs>